Does Mercedes think Red Bull is sandbagging? Is Felipe Massa the actual 2008 world champion? Find out in today's episode of the Apex F1 podcast. Welcome back to the Apex F1 podcast. I am really tired from this last weekend's race, but you know what? That's because it was at 10 o'clock and it didn't end until one o'clock in the morning for my time. So I'm still recovering from lost sleep on that. So today we've got a lot to go through and it's probably going to be, you know, broken up into a few segments today. So Josh, how are you doing from this past weekend? The race didn't get over until about 3, 3.30 for me, you know, like I have to watch the post race stuff and everything and just like and that restart, all those red flags and it was long, but it was enjoyable. Like the race was kind of dull, but they animated up for it like we talked about last week. And uh, I'm really glad that you were able to get to bed at one. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I know you're a little bit jealous, but I mean, at the same time, like, I, I just feel really bad for all those people that had to wake up or even like those in uh, Hawaii, you know, they were watching it and it was like, it, yeah, it was at 10 o'clock or so at night when they, they got finished with it. Yeah, I mean, if it if it's worth it, it's worth it, you know, it, it definitely was worth it, you know, but that's that's just what comes with racing. You're dedicated to the sport and, you know, you got to make it happen until uh, the wheels fall off, I guess. All right. So for our first topic. Uh, this week's news week uh, news roundup, whatever it is, <laughs> we're still <laughs> the coming. midweek it's news a, and update. It's a working title, okay? So this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna take things that happened over the past weekend, and we're gonna talk talk about them, break them down for you guys as listeners. If you guys want to talk more about this with us, feel free to join our Discord community. We have the Discord community active now. Uh, we got it working last night, and it's still being tweaked worked on but so if you guys want to continue talking with us about this engage in uh some community banter or whatever you want to do talk with us about formula one we'll be in there i want to see the funniest gifts that you guys can think of join that discord tag me apex f1 josh throw in the funniest gift you can find i don't care about what it is just throw one in there exactly in order to kind of segue into our first topic let's talk about the australian gp as a whole josh i don't i don't know about you but it was it was chaotic. Uh, in the beginning, it was chaotic a little bit, but then it, it kind of mellowed out. But towards the ending, it was just absolutely crazy. And one of the, the first topics I'm going to talk about is the Australian GP Corporation and their lack of um, security for the ending part of the race. There was an, a few articles that came out over the, the weekend, but basically one of the articles that I was able to find uh, regarding this topic was from motorsport.com. And they're talking about you know, how they basically the, the stewards actually summoned the promoters for the Australian GP to the stewards room or basically wherever it was to have a meeting discussing the lack of security towards the end and of the race. You know, you're in trouble if you're getting called up there. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And it's just one of those things that we don't typically see happen, at least for the most part. But basically what they got summoned to the stewards because of the lack of security and there was as soon as the checkered flag fell there was already people swarming the track first-hand accounts from people that were there there was literally nobody to be seen and 
kind of seemed like it was a free-for-all. And after that checkered flag fell, you know, they were throwing a red flag, you know, to, because it was unsafe conditions. And, you know, Nico, Nico Hulkenberg was actually parked off to the side because he, uh, I believe he had an electrical issue um, in yes, the end. that's what it was. And he basically got out of the car. He didn't want to be near it. And there's all these fans just, they're just going through wherever the channels were getting to the track. How dangerous yeah, is that? Yeah, I don't that? even know how the hell they even got through there to that point. Like, it shouldn't be a thing. Kudos to them for finding the holes. Like, I would love to be a fan to go get up close to a car like that, but uh, it needs to be shut down like that for safety issues, for sure. I know a lot of them did do. There was over 450,000 people over the entire weekend that was at Albert Park. It, basically, they, as soon as the checkered flag dropped, there were still cars going around and there were people coming out on the track. I even believe uh, Lewis Hamilton in a team radio or something like that, uh, you heard it and he said, there's people on the track, like there's people, you know, climbing to get through and go on the track, you know, and see what's going on. It's it's permitted at most most races throughout the year. Like once it's done, then everyone could go on the track and, you know, uh, but it's only until everybody's totally safe there's no cars around but basically you know that just that wasn't the case yeah it's all fun and games until you get run over by an f1 car exactly you know and that and that right there you know it would have been a huge huge disaster it was it was basically just a big disaster waiting to happen yeah right i mean i'd wear i'd wear it proudly if i got hit by lewis hamilton i mean i don't know if i'd even be alive but <laughs> yeah at least it would go but, down on your gravestone. <laughs> yeah. Could you could you imagine if some fan like from the, let's just picture this we're at an NFL game and the like the fan jumps on the field and with their shirt off running around, you know, being like a an idiot. Could you imagine if somebody like that got up on the podium in an F1 race? <laughs> <laughs> I I honestly don't know what would happen. I think that would probably be super hard to get up there, but Fernando Alonso would probably go put the slap down and probably smack him with the champagne bottle. Oh yeah. I would be into probably throw him over the rails or whoever. <laughs> they could just see it like a WWE style brings him down with the. Yeah. Which, which F1 driver do you believe would be able to handle the craziest fan? I believe it's going to be Fernando Alonso. He would mess somebody up. It would, it would probably be, you know, if I had to say myself, it would probably be, he's not an active F1 driver, but he, it's uh Daniel Ricardo. I feel like he could probably mess somebody up if, if that happened. He would just have to smack him with his nose, just like wave his oh head around. God. Like, you in the nose, man. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, to get back to, to what we're talking about, you know, you know, typically at some of the tracks, you know, it's okay to come out after, um, after the event's over and it's completely safe because, you know, the fans obviously want to get close to the action. They want to see the trophies. You know, they want to see the um, the celebration and stuff like that. And that's fine. Or sometimes they even just want to walk the track. You know, one one thing's for sure is that under no circumstances should anybody be going out on a track while there's race cars or, you know, anything coming out around it, like 90, 100, any, anything that's on the track. Do you think they're going to release anything on what the steward said to them? I know that they have to present their findings um, according to some of the articles that I've read. Basically, they have about three months, or I'm sorry, two months, 60 days to find out what's going on and what happened and basically what they could do to do better, show them all their failures of like what, what happened, what caused this, 
basically they just have to improve it for next season and you know hopefully we don't see this when we go back there in 2024 but we just got to make sure that you know the fia really do clamp down on these uh events and promoters and uh like security is paramount at these types of events like we don't want anything happening to where there's a fan running out in the middle of the track and you know gets completely pulverized they did have a really great turnout there. Like 450,000 is awesome. The the sport is alive. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I 100% agree that it is the amount of people that have been going there has increased dramatically. I mean, that's all partially to do to drive to survive, but it's it's just been growing and growing and it's like this this snowball that's running down a hill and it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and then, you know, who knows what's going to happen after that? Why don't we shift gears here into the next, our next topic? Is Red Bull sandbagging? Because Mercedes thinks so. Let's go ahead and put the microscope on Red Bull. There was an article that came out over the weekend, and basically it has to do with uh, George Russell coming out in a post-race interview, uh, talking to the media, and he's, you know, they're asking him, like, uh, what do you think about the performance of the Red Bull? He responded, uh, according to the best of my knowledge from listening to that interview, was uh, he basically said that Red Bull appears to be sandbagging just to kind of help prevent them from being investigated by the FIA. Quotes said for sure they're holding back and then end quotes and then another one he says they've done a really good really great job to be fair to them we can't take that away and we clearly have to top our game and that's from fan nation uh, f1 briefings it's interesting to me is that our on our last episode we talked a little bit about red bull's performance and if you don't know what i'm talking about go go back and watch that one and then come back to this one that'd be it'll be great What's interesting is that there's some validity to what we were talking about. Like, yeah, maybe we were just a little skeptical, but and and uh, Willem made some really great points. But everybody is noticing now. I'm starting to like realize that hey, this actually could be a real thing because like yeah, they look dominant, but I was like, man, they just have a really good car. If there's some justification in this, that that's gonna bring like a whole new thing. Like the FIA really needs to look into it, but they're instead they're worried about the team's. Uh, jumping on the fence for celebrations. So, I mean, are they trying to cover up something or are they just delegating in the wrong areas? Basically, it seems like, you know, that's typical with with a lot of, and I'm not trying to defend Red Bull, um, but it seems like when a team is doing so good that other teams will do anything that they can to basically have outside forces basically kind of like break down their opponents. And it, it's not necessarily like, you know, we saw that when when George was out of the race and he's standing there next to Max Verstappen's car and he's like literally watching them as they're, you know, working on the car and stuff like that. I thought that was a little strange, it, but continue. It, yeah, it, it was a little strange, to be honest with you. Like it, it was to me, I didn't understand it. And then, you know, I believe Willem actually told us when I asked him, I was like, hey, what did you think of that? And he's he was like, it's it's all there for just a scare tactic. He he doesn't know anything that's going on. And, you know, that could be true. He probably doesn't know what's going on because every team has their own, you know, way for how they typically do things whenever they're doing restarts or pit stops or whatever. In the topic of sandbagging to help prevent them from being investigated, that is a very plausible theory because even the presenters, the commentators, Jensen Button and uh, 
Croft, Crofty were talking about it, and I believe they were asked, you know, what do you think about uh, Red Bull's like power? Like, because on the back straight, or not the back straight, but the very second DRS zone, and then they go into the third one. It was literally they they got two and a half seconds away from Lewis after passing Lewis in no time, like like in, it was nothing in nothing. So that's where I think the the theory of they're turning like they're they're turning their car down to help prevent them from, you know, anybody investigating them to where they can get penalized even more so, and then that ruins their chances on uh, another championship. Right. I mean, even Max has talked about it, saying that there was, like, even losing one or two spots was not the end of the world, obviously because they're in the lead. But he also said that he didn't have any struggles with those restarts with with mercedes right there like it, it it seemed like he was saying he wasn't given the full effort of the car and that's the thing that does the kicker for me like i really agree with you it's like if somebody's winning and only them are winning everybody's gonna be skeptical but maybe they just really have a good car but i mean so the fia at least needs to step in not do maybe a full investigation but just be like hey we've heard some rumors we just have to t check it out because this is our job as like if i was a part of that team i wouldn't have a problem with that especially if there was nothing wrong yeah and you know i i believe him so so to kind of like investigate like what like red bull think about it it's it's interesting to hear their side of the story because after after russell you know, gave his spiel on it. And he talked about, you know, his opinions. They asked Christian Horner on uh, basically one of the F1 podcast news outlets that, that typically go to some of these races or actually all these races. Horner, Horner fired back at, at Russell. And I quote, he said, that's very generous of him. He'd know too well from his team about those kinds of advantages. End quote. That's good. And, good for know, him. That's, that's one thing. And, but here's another thing that I don't understand is like, you know, there's really nothing that the FIA can do. That's what they're saying. I guess that's true. I mean, I say go in and investigate these rumors, but like really, what do they have to investigate? What are they going to do? Walk in there and be like, hey, you guys are too fast. We need to look at your car. I mean, they probably could. They probably could. They probably could, but there's been no factual evidence other than their track performance to say that of they course, need to be investigated. Yeah. I guess maybe everybody else just needs to get their stuff together. It, I don't know. It, it also shows... Like at the previous races, Red Bull has had issues, just like everybody else. Um, I believe that in Saudi Arabia, they had their gearbox issues. Yeah, it was the drive shaft issue. Yeah. And so maybe what I said on our last episode, Red Bull has the secret recipe to, to fix their problems or like knows what makes them fast. It's just that stuff's breaking. So they know how to fix it better because they've already found the solution and everybody else is searching for that. Yeah, that could be. And, it, it, you know, it, it all comes down to basically the, the aerodynamic concepts of the car. You know, it's obviously not just the aero, but it's also the engine. It's about, you know, how they're, they're managing their pace, their power units, everything else that goes into it. It's all, it's all a blend of sauce. You know, it just, it's not just one right. ingredient. It's a mixture of ingredients that make the sauce. And right now... And it's still early. Yeah, it's still very early. And for right now, Red Bull has the sauce. They got the sauce that nobody they else has, and the only people that are close to it right now is Aston Martin and Mercedes. Um, Which I love that. It's so awesome that Aston Martin is just like right there. I, and, you know, I love it too, and hopefully they can keep their pace um, just as much as, you know, 
Red Bull can. Um, I would also like to see Mercedes come up and, you know, have like a three-way, you know, title fight. That would be cool. I would love to see Fernando Alonso fighting Hamilton and Max Verstappen, you know, but I would also like to see Sergio Perez fight for that title and get his first World Drivers Championship title. Aston Martin and Mercedes needs to have a good weekend. Yeah. On this next race in Baku for for that to even like be possible because it can get pretty ugly pretty fast. Yeah, it is a very tight street circuit and the Red Bull has not had the best of luck um, at this circuit. At least, you know, to the to the best of my knowledge from the past few races that I've seen there from seasons ago, they have not had the best luck there. But who knows? They could. We'll just see what happens. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting for sure. Why don't we why don't we take a look into some of the legal options that are going on right now for Felipe Massa? Ooh, yeah. So speaking of the FIA and all their stuff that they need to do, one thing that I don't think that they need to do is go into Felipe Massa's legal fight. Like, I don't think he needs to get that changed or overturned or whatever. It was so long ago, and the ceremony already happened. Like, they talked about it even then. And, uh, yeah, why don't you go ahead and elaborate a little bit more about that for the people that don't know. So for all of our listeners, and they may kind of be in the dark about this, I mean, this is a pretty big story, but Motorsport came out with an article that was actually this morning. Felipe Massa, he was... a a very popular driver. He drove for Ferrari in um, the 2000s uh, after Michael Schumacher had retired from Ferrari. He basically is coming out saying that, you know, he believes that the 2008 World Drivers' Championship title should be his instead of Lewis Hamilton's inaugural WDC trophy. Now, there's three reasons why this is really important. The first thing he's doing is he's calling for the FIA remove the result from the 2008 Singapore Grand Prix. Now, the the reason why that's um, important is because of the fact that it was that whole incident that happened there, which was, I believe it was um, Nelson Piquet. It was Nelson Piquet that had a huge crash and which also brought out a safety car. It was almost similar to like the whole 2021 battle with um, Nicholas Latifi and uh, the whole title fight between Max and Hamilton. Now, why this is important is because basically the points that were granted on that day basically decided the world championship for Hamilton to come out as the winner. So the second reason why this is important is because Bernie Eccleston plays a huge part into this. So Bernie Eccleston had suggested that uh, him and the FIA were aware of the rules breach that had happened before the end of the 2008 season. And this is all part of, uh, I'm actually looking at this at Motorsport. This is what they're saying. He had talked with the then FIA president, Max Mosley, who knew of all of this during the 2008 season. So Josh, what, why don't you give me your thoughts on it right now? Okay. So from what I gather, this is what is widely known as Crashgate. Nelson PK was instructed to crash to bring out a safety car or to help Fernando Alonso, which was his teammate at the time, uh, to help him better in the race. Really ruined Massa's like, race. It made him finish 13th outside of the points. And it, it, it was ruled that Nelson PK intentionally crashed in the Singapore Grand Prix. And so what Massa is saying is that that should be that whole race should be nullified because there was that intentionality. So, but the FIA, the rules state that the championship cannot be overturned after the FIA 
FIA award ceremony had taken place, which it had once all of this was brought to light and Massa filed for it. So that being right there, and that was already back then. If that's the rules then, why would the rules change now? It's it's like a grudge. And I know like racing drivers, they are pretty hard. And like, you know, if you lose and it's like one of those things that you, I mean, obviously there are rules for a reason. And you know, this is all in part of like, it also raises the question of like, were the FIA bending the rules so that way they can get, you know, a different podium or like a different world driver champion, somebody who's like a rookie, like it's all like about shaping their legacy. I don't know if that's actually what people are saying, but that's, that's what I would assume that most people would be thinking about regarding that. I, I think it's just going to have to, we're going to have to wait and see what happens. So this is this is a story we're going to be following very closely over the next few weeks. In that case, like we'll definitely be posting updates on it as we see it and uh, talk about it in our Discord. I get where Massa's coming from, and I totally get it. If I felt like I was wronged, I would want to do something about it too. But if you already know the rules and like that's how they dealt with it, I just don't see anything changing. I mean, he is still. We'll see where it goes. He is still a very well-respected driver. So even if, oh yeah, absolutely. Even if he didn't, you know, if this doesn't change anything, you know, or whatever, like I'm sure he would still, you know, be totally fine, and it wouldn't be a big deal. But I, I think. I mean, honestly, I don't think it's gonna hurt his legacy either way. Like, yeah, he's gonna have another title, but I don't think anybody's gonna respect him anymore because he already has the respect. And I'm and I, I'm not saying that's what he's searching for or doing it for. It's not going to change anything in the fans' eyes. Maybe I'm wrong, but he's already a great, well, well-respected driver. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I, you know, I just hope I hope everything goes well in this situation. But we'll we'll definitely be keeping a close eye on it. Why don't we talk about uh, a few things that we got coming up, Josh? Do you want to do you want to start us off? Yeah. So uh, one of the most recent changes. That and everything that's going to be coming up for us is our racing weekend schedule for, for tracks that have sprints. On a typical race weekend now for sprints would be Friday would be first free practice and then the Grand Prix qualifying. So they're going to get rid of a, a few practices in between qualifying for the Grand Prix. And then on Saturday, they would do the sprint race qualifying and the sprint race in the same day. Okay. And then obviously Sunday would be a... Uh, grand prix race wow that's that's actually not bad you know because you know a lot of people were saying like they really enjoyed the free practice schedules especially during it was quite confusing i mean i've always i've been you know a staunch defender of you know like i'm not a big fan of the sprint race weekends but if there is a way for us for them to engage us more as fans to where we're constantly you know being entertained with it um that's okay you know but it's all going to matter on how it affects the driver. I mean, obviously, everybody agreed it was a unanimous decision. But we'll see how this plays out. Because, you know, we have a, a a sprint weekend coming up at the end of the month in Baku. Hopefully, see some good results from this proposed schedule change. Well, I guess the way it happened is that uh, by the F1 commission we're, and the 10 F1 teams, one vote each would have to have a majority vote. So at least like 28 out of the 30 votes must be in favor. And that's what was proposed. So I don't think it's set in stone quite yet because then the FIA body still has to. Oh, so um, that's. Oh, OK. So maybe I was mistaken. <laughs> 
I thought it was going to be something that was like right away. Yeah, I mean, it. they want it to be right away. It's going to be proposed right away. I think this is also an updating story. So this article that I'm reading right now from Racing News 365 was yesterday. And it still says that the FIA body has to uh, accept it or implement it. But I think it's a it's going to be a for sure thing. I'm, it looks like it's going to be. You know, we'll see. We'll see how this works. I think it'll make the days more interesting for sure. Have a qualifying and a race in the same day. I think we'll just we have to wait and see until we actually get there. I'll go ahead and bring up the next uh, topic before we close here. We, we're going to be having some special guests. I'm not going to tell you who they are right now. I know that a lot of you are curious to know about the F1 Academy, uh, which is the women's only entry program into making their way up to the f1 because that that season starts in literally like two and a half weeks and we're going to be uh covering more and more about it as we get close but we'll have a special guest who is actually going to be racing uh for one of the teams so you're not going to want to miss that that episode will be coming out on monday the 17th yes the 17th and yeah that is the 17th so that will be Coming out on the 17th, we'll be providing updates and we'll share it as we get closer to it. Yep. Once we get the okay, we'll let everybody else know. So if you guys don't want to miss that, go ahead and sign up for our Discord. And you'll be all in the know on everything before we actually record a podcast. Ah, uh, but you know what's, an episode. You know what's even better than that is if they follow. If they follow us. So yeah, there's a little plus or a little follow button. Where, whatever you're using to listen to our podcast, if you click that, you guys will be the first to know, be able to get it into your ears as fast as we can. So moral of the story is sign up for the Discord, push the like button, subscribe, whatever you need to do to be able to stay notified of what's going to be happening because we got some special episodes coming for you guys for sure. Yes, and we'll, we're also having another uh, special guest. He's going to be joining us possibly in the next week. Uh, just before we talk about F1 Academy. And yeah, so that's also going to be another great episode. Josh, any last words for what we got to say? You know, I'm really excited for the this like little break that we have right now. We have so many special things coming and just we're growing as a podcast. Not like substantially yet, but I just want to thank everybody that's listened so far and been here for us. And it's like very enjoyable to see everybody and be able to interact with everyone. Exactly. Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to second that because you know we are we created this podcast for you, the listener. We enjoy discussing about Formula One because this is a, a sport that we're both very, very passionate about. And as we grow in the next few months, you know, interacting with us on our Discord and interacting with us, you know, on our social media pages on Instagram and Twitter, that's all going to help us. And by you sharing a, our our podcast with your friends, it's just only going to help us all grow together. And that's that's what we're here for. If there's anything that you guys want us to talk about, like drop it down on the Discord and leave a comment, uh, get up on our socials and post about it up there. Like we're all ears just as much as we are on here. Like you're a part of this too. Well, I guess that pretty much wraps it up for this episode. And uh, yeah, I guess we will see you next time on our next episode in the Apex F1 podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and go on to our Discord. Stay tuned.